All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. I'm Joel Rafiti. Got my co-host Erasmus with me. Um, as always, thank you so much for the incredible feedback on our last episode with Leanne Lopinto. Um, many, many of you reached out and expressed, um, you know, the, the the value that you got that you got from that conversation. So thank you for sure. Today we have Dale Holmes in the house. We get into a number of topics: the nature of reality, you know, the organic versus the artificial, dark versus light simulation theory, um, the power of who you are, and so much more. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of this conversation once again. Um, doors to rise above the herd around nine are now officially open. We are taking in new students. Again, 15 to 20 spots only. Spots have already filled up over the weekend. Um, there's only about two-thirds of the spots left already with a month or so to go. Um, so if you're, if you're down for this transformation, if you've been sitting on the fence about this, if you've been thinking about it, this is absolutely the time. This round starts March 26th. And I love that we get to keep doing this, keep offering this transformation and keep doing this work. I don't know anything else that's as holistic in terms of an offering, you know, diving deep into shadow work, nervous system healing, self-esteem, um, and just knowing, loving, honoring yourself in the deepest levels and moving forward into that um, outward expression of, you know, that creative energy that you are. Anything you want to add to that, man? That's it, man. Uh, well said. Another good conversation. And again, I just want to echo what Joel said. Uh, thank you to everyone for the support. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. Um, so, you know, when you enjoy these episodes, like them, share them, subscribe, wherever. Uh, we really appreciate it. Totally. Enjoy this episode. You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. Dale Holmes is an Australian speaker and co-host of the Sky to Earth conference that has been driven to make his voice public after years of studying the global cult and their agenda. Dale worked as a teacher in both Australia and abroad, specializing in working with disadvantaged and disengaged youth. This role guided his passion towards advocating for children and exposing the systems, people, and dark forces has failed them. His motivation to speak publicly was based on natural law principles and honoring the mission component, the missing component, action. What knowledge we obtain and wisdom we have, we must share. Dale has focused on understanding evil and wanting to know the core genesis of this evil. The pursuit of understanding evil has led Dale to the polarity of love, through asking the big questions. Who are we? What are we doing here? What is this reality? And where are we going? Dale, welcome to Here for the Truth. Thanks, boys. Yep. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a no. bit of yeah. no worries, man. What was a couple yeah. of months in the make? Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. but yeah. Awesome. It's been a couple of months in the making. It's good to have you here for sure, man. One way we always like to kick these episodes off is we want to dive deep into your personal hero's journey. So you know, what are some of those major transformative and catalyzing moments that I guess sparked your path and continues to? Uh, well, the one I one I speak about regularly is, um, um, it, yeah, just when, when I was a kid, just going, to, I used to go to bed every night, and Mum told me about heaven, and it was that whole, um, you know, tree before the seed or seed before the tree kind of thing. And I would just, I'd rack my brain over that. So I guess that was, that was from a very young age. And I remember mom reading me Matilda, you know, if you read the book, Matilda, mm -hmm. Roald Dahl. Yeah. So I read that and the witches when I was about four years old, or mom read it to me and I, I don't know, something about that 
I don't know. I think that's just that creativity and the imagination and what's possible that the human being can do. Because, um, you know, she does all that telekinesis kind of stuff in that book where she, you know, she can move objects and stuff like that. And I, I, I fundamentally believed that as a kid, just as a, as a fictional book. And I remember watching the movie, The Boy Who Could Fly. And then so I started, I guess, just with my own, um, my own awareness, I, I just start leaving my body at will. So that was kind of the first thing. Oh, and and then I, I had memories of like being bathed in the sink as a kid and being out of my body and like seeing from my mother down, like from her face. So it was kind of that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was, um, what else was it? I, yeah, I, I was just, I was probably like you guys, just like always inquisitive. Always, I never took anything on face value. I grew up in a um, a family that went to church every, we went to church every Sunday, just growing up in central Victoria or in small towns. That's kind of what you did, you know, it was a community thing back then. We yeah. just kind of died off now. But um, yeah, so I was, I was just um, absolutely obsessed and intrigued by religion and very much the Jesus story as well. And um, I guess it was probably... I was into like ancient civilizations and aliens and kind of all that stuff as a teenager. And then it was 9-11, like a lot of people, that that was a big catalyst for me. I remember watching Loose Change when I was working at McDonald's as a 16-year-old and so this um, DVD started doing the rounds before. I don't think there was even YouTube at that point. So it was like a DVD and, yeah, that was it from that point. And then I think when YouTube kicked in about 2005, um, yeah, and then I just listened to your talk with Michael Tazarian, actually, the one you just did a while ago. Which one? And, uh, the first one, 78? Um, the the anti-Semitism one, which, oh, okay. which oh. is super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. So, actually, he was, he was one of the first books I bought. I bought him – I bought his book called um, – Atlantis, Aliens, and Genetic Manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that was that his first book, Atlantis, um, Ancient Civilization. Yeah. I think so. Oh. Yeah, I bought that. And then I actually, I went to university in 2004, and I actually wrote my biblical, I did biblical studies for some ridiculous reason, for like as an elective. And I did like my whole essay um, where I was just citing all these bits from Michael Tazarian's book. <laughs> and my lecturer's going, oh, this guy's quite interesting. That's amazing. So, uh, and, that, and that was the benefit of going to university because uh, I did education and we did, we had about 10 contact hours a week. Like, you know, you do a four-year degree and you're at university contact hours, 10 hours. You're basically at home all the time or you, you, you know, you're drinking or yeah. whatever you do where you spend time. And I just spent the whole time sitting at home listening to Coast to Coast AM um, and then Alex Jones, like, all, all that old sort of shit that was around back then, Jordan Maxwell and that. Like, I just devour like eight hours of that a day. So that was like my real education going to uni. You just had all this spare time. And um, yeah, I guess that's when I, I really got into the, um, you know, Satanism and pedophilia kind of stuff around then too after I read, um, read the Franklin scandal. So we got, got into that sort of stuff and started learning about the global cult and like, what's the go? Why, why are all these Satanists everywhere? And what, what's really going on? What's behind yeah. all this? And yeah, and then I guess like when the whole COVID thing happened, it was, it was old news and it was, 
and all my mates that have been hanging shit on me for you know, 15, 20 years, you know, my inbox was lighting up. They're all going, what's happening? What's happening? So, <laughs> well, that was um, a question. That was yeah, a question I wanted to been, ask, like, as, as you were going down all these rabbit holes, you know, during college, like, were you talking about it? Were you sharing it with your friends at that time? Or was it more of a like, internal process um, and solo journey? I had... Yeah, I had a, I had a couple. Of, you, you guys would know you, you you can pick the guys that are a little bit intrigued, so you just kind of throw stuff out there. And I, like most people, I, the, when you first start cracking open your consciousness, you become like a religious zealot, and you, you know you're just like an evangelical crazy, and you go through this period, and then you're like, no one really wants to know. And I had a couple of mates that um, were a little bit interested in some stuff. I actually took a mate to go see Michael Desarian actually in Melbourne in 2011. Wow, um, and I, I met him there. Um, I had a chat with him because we got there early and had a, had a ciggy with him out the front. That was pretty cool. But um, that's, yeah, that's my mate went bad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was, so, yeah, so he did a whole. I think it was like a four-hour presentation on psychology and transhumanism. And like my mate, I think he lasted forty minutes, and he he pissed off to the casino. Like he couldn't handle it. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so from that point on, I very much just kept it to myself, and then just online chat forums and shit for about <laughs> for like 10, 15 years, and then yeah, and then I I guess it was when um when the COVID stuff started happening, I saw all these cause you know like the Australian, there weren't that many people around back in the day. I was like Bernacci and Max Egan, and you know there was some wacky stuff like Lisa Lisa Harrison and George Cavalli, but there there wasn't much yeah. going around, and then. Like just out of the woodworks, all these people started piping up and talking about this COVID thing. And it's like, mate, they, I don't think these people know anything of what they're talking about. They haven't done their apprenticeship. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do some videos and like try and rip this through a few more layers. And yeah, I guess that, that's how it all started. Yeah, man. Well, that's definitely when your name first popped up for me was around that time as well. I think I saw some of your videos went viral and were circulating a fair bit. I want to like... So as someone who's like been like, you know, on this journey for such a long time, you know, like the truth seeking landscape and community has fucking shifted heaps. Hey, like in many ways, like, did you ever think that we'd be here at this point in time? You know, I, you know, I, I had this thought in my head my whole life that it was like, I was going to see this transition, but I thought it was going to be in like my sixties mm-hmm. and like very selfishly, I my, I, I think that's even why I became a teacher because you get like 13 weeks holiday a year. I'm like, I'm just going to go travel and enjoy stuff. And I, I remember it was like 2019. Because um, me, my brother, had, yeah, he hasn't jabbed any of his kids. And, you know, they, they were struggling with kindergarten, family daycare. They can't get the tax benefit and all that living in Victoria. And um, I, there was some article and they were, they were clamping down again on like food jabs. And I'm like, I go, I think it's happening soon. So it came a lot quicker, but you know, it's, it's, it's unreal where it is now, but I mean, it's such a, it's such an imbalanced shit show, the whole truth movement. Um, I actually, I don't want any part of it, to be honest. I kind of just happy doing my, <laughs> doing my own thing. Um, but yeah, like it, it's weird, like kind of watching the stages of initiation that people are, are going through. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just seeing like the, the real emotional imbalance of the psyche but but understanding where these people are at as well and it's i think it's a process that kind of needs to happen but yeah we're in for a wild time ahead it's gonna be great yeah for sure man 
so like I guess when it comes to like the nature of reality, like the, the big questions that you've asked here, who are we? What are we doing here? What is this reality? Like, where are we going? Can you just help us, I guess, give us more of a broader understanding of like, you know, where you're coming from on this, your perception, your take and your, your angle on understanding that? Yeah, well, I guess, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a long one to explain. <laughs> Where do we start? All right, who are we? Um, start with who are we? Who are we? Let's start with who that. are we? Right. <laughs> wow, who am I? I am everything that I've. I'm the sum total of everything I've been done and seen for all eternity in a human body. That's how I see myself, and I, I think that it's it's just a good perspective to start from. But for me, like when I was looking at the nature reality, like I read holographic universe and stuff, and then obviously got into like David Icke's work and quantum physics and you're like you, you come to this conclusion that the building blocks of reality is a hologram right so that that made a lot of sense to me and then like, this is where like the whole simulation theory kind of taps into because it's it's basing itself off a hologram but then the moment that really struck for me it was around around 2010 um and i read a book called our journey home by george Cavassilis, and he, it was the first time i've ever heard explain um, explaining holographic reality in a different term and he basically calls it compression and this lot this is what I kind of understood to be true without saying I know but um, it's what made the most sense to me and if you're looking at the hologram and everything being a smaller part of the whole and then then I started looking at Joseph Campbell's work The Hero's Journey and like it's following the exact the exact same blueprint that we um, we descend to go to to um figure out separation basically so the whole experience within the universe is separation and unity and it's uh it's a journey that we all go through and that the whole dissension down that we get to the point of the human being is actually your you're a compressed hologram that's containing the whole within it but you've got everything you've seen done and been on every multi-dimensional layer layer all within one body that has amnesia so I, I see it as like the human being is like it's a walking universe. So you are the, the entire universe, the sum total of the universe in a human body. And then, you know, it, it, it gives so much power back to you when you, when you have this understanding or that the, I came to this understanding. Um, and then I started looking a bit into like what is this, you know, God of the Bible or the God of religions. And then simulation theory kind of kicked in. And then I, I started looking at well, if everything's duality in this universe here, we can kind of agree that, you know, everything is duality in the, the way that it's made up. And that even light itself is duality because that's that's how you create a vibrational code or a vibrational pattern is dark and light. So I'm like, well, well if there is a universal creator, then there must be a mimic of that too. Within duality, there must be a counter opposite. And this is what I've been talking about a lot the last couple of years, and I was kind of strategically putting out this information, like trying to like, like drop a bit to like see if anyone would kind of catch on to this stuff. Um, so I, I, I do think that um, we, we're almost existing in this war that, that, that is like separation, and it's the, it's the mimic versus the real. And this is what I've been speaking a lot about lately, that um, how to differentiate between these two realities because then AI is a big part of the that comes into this as well too that is actually 
a form of this um, this opposing energy, you know, the opposite of life. But it's also part of the dualistic nature as well. So, like when, like when you look, I guess to try help people um, understand, like when you look around, like what are the things that you consider like part of the mimicry, and what are some of the things that you consider part of the organic? I guess. Well, I, I think the mimicry for me, it comes down to it's it's really the energy of um, of jealousy, which is why I bring up like you know the Old Testament God and that. So I think there's like forty something references to this this jealous God and. You know, you can research all this stuff where you can actually, you can see it within your own life. And when you see a jealous person, what, what's the, you know, Mike Tyson even spoke about when he was younger that, you know, he had this jealousy, but he would say he would try and imitate or mimic the person that he's jealous of. So if you have a creating force, then the opposing force is going to mimic, um, to mimic that force as well. And it's, it's all built on this hierarchy of, either like projecting up and projecting down. Um, and I've tried so much to stop doing this, but like we all do it, right? Like even like we do, I just spoke about Michael Desarian as someone that like I um, very much, I would say projected up to in, in an unhealthy way. And then, you know, I've got to meet a lot of these different people that I looked up to and then you're like, well, they're just another bad bum in the shower really once you get to, you know, once you sit down with, some of these people you looked up to, and you're like, oh, he, yeah, he's just a dude, isn't he? Just a dude, and he's got he's got his own story, and and then we project down too, right? Mm-hmm. That's another that's another big part of it. So I think that um, ultimately that mimic force is like it's projecting up to what it wants to be, and then projects down to those um, that it wants under itself, right? That so, but it's, it's trying to mimic or be something that it can never be. Got you. So, like, if this if this mimic force like isn't organic, then like, where is where's what's the source of it? Well, this is a question. <laughs> I think it I think it resides in technology. Um, yeah, and you can e- e- even look in the universe based on like carbon or silica. And so it it it's it's weird that we call AI AI right? Like, why do we call it artificial? What is that right? It exists. It's clearly. But we're saying it's non-human, I guess. It's not human, yeah. So, you know, you could call it, or what else could you call it? You could call it alien technology, but I think like techni- technical or technological intelligence is probably a better term for it. So it's an intelligence that exists within the universe. It's based on technology. Now, this goes from the whole thing that humans did not invent AI, um, that AI is is a part of the universe, right? It, it's also a part of it's a part of duality. So it's it's just a consciousness within the universe that is based on technology. And even if um, you know, like in Terminator, they, you know, they always kill the Terminator at the end of all the movies, mm-hmm. and then the Terminator comes. Right? It, it, it's kind of telling you in that movie, in those movies, that you can't, you can never kill AI. AI resides within a certain part of the universe that exists within technology that can actually never be destroyed, right? So it's it's part of a I look at it as part of a finite. So that we we are infinite or eternal that exist outside of it, but we're also within it. So we're within a finite. Mm-hmm. So if you know what I'm saying there, like And and it only exists within it, you're saying, within the finite. Yeah, it it only exists within yeah. the finite. So it's mm-hmm. trying to mimic and replicate the infinite 
and build its own structure in a finite realm. So right. have you have you have you seen um have you seen that sentient world simulation? Like that's the thing that blew me blew me apart when I, I read I that. One. No. Have you seen that? No. no. Oh, man, this shit this shit was crazy. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like um reality compresses itself. Yeah. And an example of that would be so say like the say the Milky Way galaxy, if we're going into space exists, right? If we just leave um leave the whole space doesn't exist thing away because I know that's like it's big now. I think that's caught a lot of people. But um, anyway, so if you well, say- Well, I mean, where, where, where are you on that? Because for me, like it's red flags all over for me. Like I don't, I'm personally, I don't lean that way whatsoever. That's just where I'm at. I, I, I think that, that it's th- this exact force I'm talking about because it wants you to believe in a finite. So if yeah. it says that, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's something out there, right? Even if, even if it's a dome, what, what exists beyond the dome? If you're saying that there's nothing else but the dome, you're automatically- admitting that you are in a finite construct and if you are uh, this technological intelligence entity that has trapped these eternal souls within a finite realm which is really just a perceptual realm you don't even need to look at it as physical yeah. then wouldn't that be the perfect program to get people to believe that there is nothing outside of it yeah i agree so anyway yeah if you t- so reality compressions if you even look at the universal creator if um as a singular being that it if it comes down and compresses everything it's done on that level into a galaxy being the milky way and then it compresses so that's everything that's been done and seen then it goes into a uh, the earth so that's the that's the whole galaxy compressed into one planet mm-hmm. and then it goes to the human that's yeah. compressed again right yeah. so i started looking i'm like well if AI is the mimic, wouldn't it be following the same universal blueprint and wouldn't it be following the same formula of reality compression? And then I'll come across this thing called the um, Sentient World Simulation, which it came out of Purdue U- University, I think in, uh, I think it's Indiana, but it was um, from Department of Defense funding and freaking DARPA, like they all come out of DARPA, right? So, um, and basically what it was, was they... This is, I think it's about 15 years old now. And, and, they, and we saw like through the whole COVID period that everything was run on computer models, like uh-huh. everything from the, the virus itself to the response to everything. And it was, uh, I think it was the first incursion of um, what they want with the technocracy, right? That we, we don't even have experts, that it's run by a computer model and, you know, the politicians wipe their hands clean because it's all been done by AI and modeling. So what they did with this, um, sentient world simulation was they got every single person that's connected to the internet on the planet re- represents one node within this thing and it's um, it's basically um, self-replicating self-growing this this um, um, online it's basically an online world so say you Joel you'll have you'll have your node on there and that's got every single thing that you've ever googled and you know, now with the voice technology, everything that you said, all your purchasing records, all your GPS data, everything. So, and this is the whole thing that AI is doing. It's because it's so jealous. It must, it must know everything about you, every single step. You, it must know your predictable behaviors. Well, it sounds like a narcissist, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, if you can control the human brain, 
then everything you do is going to be predictable. So what they did was the the Department of Defense started using this, or at least this was a cover story for why they were using it, in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. So they would use it if they were going to bomb a terrorist target. Um, they would have all the nodes, and then they call them clusters of nodes. So they'll have a whole cluster of nodes on like Sunnis, whole cluster of nodes on Shiites, whole cluster of nodes on education systems, um, water, you know, water treatment plants. Every and this is why everything must be connected to the internet because, you know, I saw one the other day. There's ones in Victoria. They're connecting the bins now. You know, you bin that goes out. Um, it's got a little um, RFID chip on your bin because they want to know how much you're consuming, what you're consuming, how often you're putting your bin out. And people are like, well, why, why do they need this level of human control? And I think people are misunderstanding that it's a, it's a synthetic technological system that everything must be connected to the internet. So anyway, with this, what they would do is if they bomb something, they, they could run it through the computer model and they would know exactly how the population would react and all these different nodes oh, wow. and clusters of nodes were. So then you think of like the whole COVID operation, they know if we do this, this is how the population will react. Um, when the Canberra protests got t- too big, th- you retract, right? Because it's all, it's all been done through computer modeling. And so, even like the, even like the you know what what we see in the algorithm that's pushing the news is obviously connected to this, and is you know exactly. either putting more pressure or taking pressure depending on what what the model's coming up with. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, the the only way to really hack this system because it's all it's all been. Um, we're all feeding this in, right? With every single thing we do online is feeding this system. So it's all feeding off our predictability. And, you know, like how many times you see these articles on Facebook and they're clearly just there to get responses in the comments and then everyone feeds it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the only way to really hack that is the intuition. And it's like, yeah, you know, going away, lo- losing that emotional component and then just going off the intuition, how, what, what, do I think I should do? And a lot of the times your intuition will tell you to break a pattern that you've, you've been doing, but the program will want to bring you back to what's reliable and what you know. Yeah. Do you, do you think that like, I think many of us have said this, that when we're, you know, we have our phones around us, we're talking about a product and then all of a sudden we have an advertisement of the product or maybe we're not even talking about it. We're just thinking about it. And so oh, yeah, you're they're not actually it. even hearing it, but because of these nodes and all the information put in, they're able to predict things that you'd be interested in. And so they place this in front of you, even though you didn't say it or type it, but you just thought it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yep. So it's not just the actual information coming in, but because of all this predictability and the algorithm and the data coming in, they can guess almost what's going on in your mind. Well, they, yeah, that's a really good point because you, you're, there's either two options there for me. It's either you're already chipped. Wait, are we still there? Yeah. Yep. You're either already yeah. chipped, you're, you're, already, you're already synced with the cloud, or two, you're that predictable that it knows it knows what you're thinking before you think it. Yeah. And that is that is a scary thought, it's, right? It is scary because I've had this conversation where it's like, listen, I did not type it, I did not speak it into my phone and it showed up, but I thought it. So yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big it's a big question because, and then you start to think, well, how much of my beliefs have been instilled into me? 
And yeah. and like I th- this is the process I'm in now. I can't say anything definitively anymore, right? Even even after looking at this shit for so long, I I've almost just been stripped everything back recently, and I'm just in this process of like, is this real or is this not real, right? And I think even like you can you can research forever, but at the end of the day, for me, it's it's all coming back to my intuition, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's. I think that 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 is that's the real power, right? So, so what like what is even this intuition for me? That is like that's part of the self that's eternal, that's like speaking to the heart, right? And then the whole point is like you should act on that, but there's all these but what if, but you know these yeah. things get in the way, and you look you look so much now of how AI it's it's completely focused on the brain, it's not focused really anywhere else, right? Yeah. And even even what we saw through the jabs and stuff, how much um, it's affected the gut microbiome and the gut flora, which is really, it's not an attack on the gut, it's an attack on the brain. Like, did, did you see that Dr. Kazan and stuff? She was showing that these people have zero bifobacteria after they've had this, after they've had this jab. And she's like, she's talking about like, this epidemic they're expecting in adult onset, autism, Alzheimer's, dementia, all these kind of things, right? And I think that that was the, the autism kids that, you know, first started around the time that I was born, about 85, you know, they're my age now. So that, this is the first generation that have, you know, hitting middle age that were, to me, it looks like the prototype human 2.0, the, you know, the first step coming through. And it's it's all an attack on the brain because I think that I think that this technological intelligence only has access through the brain. That's the more I'm saying it now, it's it's all um, just to access the human brain, right? And I guess to cut off the heart. Now a short break from the episode. Round nine, rise above the herd. Doors are open. Uh, this is another opportunity to really take your life to the next level to do the deep work to walk your authentic path unapologetically. You know what we're about. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Uh, go to riseaboveTheHerd.co. Uh, you can read all about the program. You can read the testimonials. Like, Just can't believe that this is our ninth time running it, but we're excited to kind of continue to take individuals, motivated individuals on a transformational journey. Um, people that want to take more ownership over their lives and really um, put into action uh, their deepest dreams and desires. So if you're curious to jump on this um, ride with us, riseaboveTheHerd.co. Yeah, absolutely. Or for ease, the link is in the show notes. Limited spots as always, and they are filling up. So if you're down, get in there. Back to the episode. Yeah. It's interesting too. I was just thinking because, you know, there's there's a discussion around, okay, when we talk about autism, what causes that? A lot of people are like 100%, oh, it's the vaccines. But, you know, there are other people that understand the role consciousness plays in one's health and how you react to acute stressful situations can cause adaptations, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's interesting that the time that the, you know, the vaccine, the Childhood Vaccine Act came into play in the mid 80s, and they started increasing the number of vaccines is also the time that technology kind of started to take off as well. You know, in early 90s, internet, things like that. And so I'm curious how that plays into all this as well. That it's not just this 
you know, material particle that maybe is being injected into you, but also how you're being impacted, how your consciousness is being impacted by this complete alteration of society and how we take in the world through our senses. Yeah, well, I um, I used to work at school, so, you know, we had a very high percentage of kids with ASD because I was, you know, I worked in alternative um, educational settings. So we had, we had a lot of kids with ASD and I, I had a couple that I know of that were never jabbed and were very high on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that. Yeah. Um, I know other people that don't have the kids aren't jabbed and they got asthma and eczema and all these other things, right? So there's there's obviously the environmental toxin component. Then there's the trauma trauma of the mother. Like uh, Dr. Graham Dowling speaks a lot about, you know, the first stages um, of, of even the mother getting an ultrasound and yep. then the stress of the mother. Um, and then even, even if you get flu, while um while pregnant as well too it stops this um boost of testosterone that the baby's supposed to get after a certain period of time and this helps the brain develop so if all if those processes don't happen too that that can lead to frontal lobe damage of um particularly males which can lead to autism too so there's so much more to it but he's done big presentations on how the the impact of gaming and not even gaming now but just um just having a phone which is which is everyone right Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I mean, they've just molded the they've molded the human brain. But what he was, what he speaks about, I can't remember the term he uses, but um, basically, all the different parts of the brain aren't they're not connecting with each other anymore. They're not communicating with each other. And what we're starting to see is the human go into like their internal world more than being able to interact with the external. And this, like, I mean, look at the rise of transgenderism with. It, it completely coincided the next wave of it with the TikTok coming into the West. So pandemic starts 2020, TikTok enters the West. Like it was like a week apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, a great interview with Simon Esler who created a book, uh, created a documentary called Cut Daughters of the West. And he, we, do, we dive into this subject and even just how, you know, the popularity of just, um, you know, plastic surgery started even in, you know, young teens and then social media and Facebook came along. Of course, TikTok, you just mentioned and the impact that has uh, from like a social contagion and mass hysteria standpoint, you know, that that impacts young developing minds. Well, it it makes you think how many, how many of these things in culture, like even within the last 50, 60 years, were, were any of them organic? Were they just overriding what was a natural energy? I, this this is what I tend to think that there was a natural energy coming through, and then what they do, especially being a mimic, is you counter it. You know, very much like the, um, you know, like the hippie movement that come out of the '60s, and then you know what Dave McGowan, you know, spoke about all those bands that come out of Laurel Canyon and stuff like that. So um, I mean, look, I think remember, no no one had um, breast implants till Pam Anderson. When was Pam Anderson big? Like 92, 93? Yeah, you're looking, yeah, the 90s. It was all like everyone wanted the big boobs and the blonde hair. And then they kind of scrapped that. And then they went like the Kim K fat ass in the early 2000s, right? And you just watch, you watch these um, cultural trends um, 
creep in, right? And I, I mean, even the Taylor Swift one now too. It just this just screams to me of like Beatlemania watching the. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen like the crowd reactions and stuff in in Melbourne, but it's um you know it's just got like Tavis- Tavistock Beatlemania written all over it. Well, again, we talk about duality, and I feel like you talk about nature and non-nature and anti-nature, and I just think we're way too on one side of the spectrum. And so, what impacts does that has does that have on your biology, your psychology, your consciousness? Like people are literally plugged into their devices; they're not spending time outside, they're not connecting to their intuition, they're not with themselves. And so, you know, what does that do to a society? And I think we're seeing it over the last you know few decades. Yeah, it's um, and it's terrifying. But like for for me, that's it has to counter back, right? It has to mm-hmm, counter mm-hmm. back. It's already uh, happening. The, the the public's so. Um, you know, even the unbegun public is so aware um, of how disconnected we've become now, right? No one knows their neighbors. Kids play video games, not at each other's houses anymore. They play them all online. You know, like, it, it's quite sad. I, like, you know, if we were lucky. I think like the, that millennial, like, I mean, I was born in the mid-80s and we, you know, we really grew up with... um yeah, we had no tech, right? We still used to have those little phones. We had to do those. We, we, yeah, 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 yeah. we, we're the last generation that grew up without the internet. Yeah, I was born yeah, in 1980. Really did, I we? was born in 80, man. So we, yeah, we're, we're the last people that know what that was like. You were born in 80. You, yeah. yeah, you're perfect. You're perfect. So you, I'm 90. Yeah, like, oh, you're 90. I, yeah. Like, I remember, I remember traveling to America in, when I was tw- just turned 20. So it would have been. What was it? Two thousand and yeah, two thousand five. Mm. And so I like I traveled, I, I traveled overseas for like three and a half months. And we had, I had no phone. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, and yeah. it, it was really like, mum. When I moved house a couple of years ago, mum had like all my emails that I sent her, um, which is really cool. So I like to read back on like these emails that I wrote twenty years ago, and um. Because remember that, like going to internet cafes, you'd have to go yeah. and, see, and you'd well, probably I, go, I mean, I'd go to one every couple of weeks just to send mm-hmm. mom an email and say like, yeah, I'm alive. Like, this is where we are. I yeah. Think. I mean, after after college, but, I backpacked Europe for a few months in 2002 and I was just like going to internet cafes, you know? And in 2008, I took about a year off and traveled, but I did, I had, I, I didn't have a, I wouldn't call it a smartphone, but I had a Blackberry curve, you know, it was like, it was a little bit more yeah, dense, yeah. but not what we have now. You know, so it was a different experience even traveling. It was, yeah, it was, I mean, I, I'm really grateful um, that we're on that cusp because we, especially around the age that we are, because we really got to see, we got to see both worlds more than mm-hmm. any other generation. Like, I, re- I remember traveling around America. I had, what we, I did the whole East Coast with like a book. It was like oh. a map. Like on the yeah. whole, <laughs> look, I don't even think I'm capable of that anymore. But yeah, like I, I, yeah. I actually think, I think we're really privileged to be to be that age where again, Mike, we we've seen we've seen the cusp of both worlds, and being in education too. Like I saw, even from when I started teaching to like when I finished up, the the massive change in the kids over you know that 10, 15 year period was just huge. And like I haven't taught now for it's been three years, and um. Like the stuff I'm hearing coming out of the schools, I, I don't know if I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm hearing a lot from people who work with children and teenagers, like the impact 2020 
until now has had on them, especially kids being masked up, being isolated. I mean, there's just a arrested development all around uh, from many ages. You know, I, I talked to I talked to people who teach like freshman year in high school and they're like, these kids are so immature and not developed yeah, yeah. in the same way as their as their peers from periods in the past. It's it's a bit of a contrast, so because I feel like I feel some of these kids are really real mature. Like there's um yeah you'll you'll see both you see both mm -hmm. polarities. Up. But I, I look at the school system too because I've still got um I've got a number of good friends that are, that are teachers, and uh, um I think this is like many industries, but particularly with education because they're dealing with kids and how much different these kids are from even you know five years ago. That, you know, I think it's I think it's like three to four years the average, average teacher graduate lasts in Victoria now, so they're having huge um, troubles. Like I, I've had I've had schools trying to ring me to get me to teach because they can't they can't get teachers. And like when I graduated, I remember putting in for a position in in a local school, and there was 150 applicants. Like you had to be really good to get a get a teaching job, or you had to like piss off out into some small little country town to get a gig. And now they're they're picking up third year education students that are still at uni because they're they're so desperate. And um, what I'm hearing from most of the teachers is they can't deal with um they spend no time teaching and that student behaviour is um is so bad. Uh, student mental health. Um, you know, there's there's always four or five kids away every day from the classroom. It's um it's dramatically changed. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I guess there's no doubt that the psychology of the crowd is being intentionally manipulated with malignant agendas to drive people to live incredibly inauthentic lives. And I think like you hearkened at, you know, more than ever, with more urgency, we need intuition, you know, more than ever before to bring that into picture. And like, we just have to know ourselves. We have to know our, our uniqueness, our unique essence, our unique way of being in the world. You know, otherwise, there's everything is ready waiting at the gates to tell us who we are, to tell us how to live, to tell us how to behave. And I think this it's never been more urgent for you know people to have self knowledge, self love, and courage. How do you um how do you find the kids in um in Mexico? Because uh, like because I I I've just been in Thailand for two months and um I mean the the kids over there are hooked to the tech as much as as much as ours are, but not probably not as much as ours are, but in, in Thailand, the kids, a, a kind of, well, I was having a conversation when I was over there and we, I was talking with another guy who's the same age as me and we're watching the kids play um, at the market one night and we're like, oh, it's kind of like what, how we used to do, right? Because they, they were just running around, the parents didn't yeah. know where they were, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. They've kind of got, you know, it's safer over in Thailand too than like mm. in Australia, at least that. The parents have the perception that it's safer that they allow the kids to run and play. Like, how's it in Mexico? Is it similar, dude? Like, this is a completely different world to Australia. You know, it like it's just completely stripped away of like all the bullshit. You know, all the all the projection, all the cultural conditioning, and like people here are just there's living their normal lives, like like the normal that I know, like the normal that I'm used to and, and grew up with. Like like you said, you know, it's like. They're just kids. They're just beautiful beings, just being themselves, moving through the world. And like a lot of the families that we've connected with, you know, they've left their home countries for the same reason. So many of them all are also homeschooled and just, you know, getting this beautiful experience of traveling abroad, being immersed in different cultures. You know, their their parents are stay at home entrepreneurs as well. Um, 
you know, in terms of I haven't fully been inside a Mexican village and, you know, observed the kids and I can't give you those kind of footnotes. But generally speaking, man, like the experience that I was having in Australia is not this it's not the same experience. It's completely different. Like it's I got here, man, it's like the deepest breath of fresh air because I just don't have those senses that something is going to give here. You know, it's and even if it does, bro, it's so far down the road in terms of where we are at um, in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the more you travel the world, you start to realize how quickly in decline the West is and, yeah. and particularly the five, you know, the five eyes countries. Yeah. You know, like Australia, Australia is in rapid decline now. Um, yeah. Like even like I, I've been going to Thailand for, you know, many, many years and Thailand just keeps improving. The infrastructure is better. The the healthcare system, uh, there's no you know barely any crime. They're actually sorting out the sex industry and all that sort of stuff. Wow, you know it's it's a good place to live, and a lot of the world's like that. And it's you know people that people that live in the UK and Australia and Canada, they sort of get like they they're truly unaware. But they think they're like, privileged. They they think they think they're living the, the the pinnacle of human existence. That's the thing, right? Yeah. But and there's also this inbuilt belief that times will always be good, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, pe people don't see that. Um, you know, first world countries can fall. This is happening. You know, it's happened in Venezuela. Happened. Uh, you know, Argentina was thriving once and then collapsed it. And and when it collapses, it can, it can be very very quick, right? Yep. Dramatic. Yeah. It's uh, uh, and look, it's obviously it's very purposeful. Um, that you know that they're collapsing these certain countries, and I, I guess that brings up a whole different question as to why, right? I mean, well, like, I, see, you know, I, I see them as the testing grounds, like as opposed to like collapse. Like I see them literally as the the primary testing facilities for for their next step, which I don't think is going to ever take a foothold everywhere. But this is no. where the foothold obviously is. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It, it, it is weird though, right? Because particularly, particularly the Five Eyes countries, you know, it, you know, there's a because you know, you know, like obviously, like Maurice Strong and those kind of things, and they spoke about the post-democratic, post-industrialized West. You know, when when they set up the EU, you know, like sixty years ago, that you know they've been planning this destruction of the West. And I mean, you only need to look at the resources in Australia how how raped. This country wow. is. It's this should be Dubai on steroids. Australia. There's only 25 million people here. We've got the most resources anywhere in the world. Ridiculous. And yeah. like inflation is through the roof. You can hardly buy groceries anymore. Like, it's it's absolutely insane. Like I'm a smoker, so I just left Thailand. Like, three bucks a pack. Come back here, they're 38 dollars. So it's like 15 times, almost 15 times higher for the same product. Yeah. But yeah, the, for me, I I actually. You know, with the the whole um, with with the whole um Satanist ideology, where they do mirroring, right? Um, Can you so speak into do, that on on a general basis before you go where you're going? Yeah, so they do, and and it's not just a it's not a satanic thing. It basically, I did a whole video on this um, that I called the kiss. So a lot, a lot of movies will represent this, and the kiss in the movie, like if you're thinking. Um, in the matrix so i did i showed the adjustment bureau you know cinderella all these kind of things at the end when there's emerging and this is like 
this is a unity and it represents, you know, the, the feminine and the masculine or the unseen and the seen, right? Or you could say the intuition and the, the intellect, the two, like the two merging together because it's not when I was having a go at the brain before, it's not to have a go at the brain. It's that the brain, the intellect needs to merge with, you know, with wisdom or the intuition. So, you know, that they use mirrors um, in symbolism all the time and they use the water water as a mirror as well. You know, like in the in the Lion King or in the Neverending Story where he has to meet himself and he just looks into a mirror. You see this all the time. Yeah, well, it's the classic mythos of Narcissus as well who sees himself for the first time in the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, like even, you know, at the 9-11 you know, where they do the destruction and then they create the pool. They've got one near the shrine as well. Yep. Um, yeah, been there. And I get part of that is to represent the the woman and, you know, the birth canal. And that's why, you know, 9-11 was the Twin Towers and then they're, they're placed in the water. So it's it's all about like that rebirth and bringing in the new. So where was I going to go with that? The mirroring. Oh, right. That's what I was going to say. So, that yeah, they flip things. and I, I, They do this a lot in time cycles too. So, if you look at the procession of the equinox being like 24,000 years, then they have like their 3,000 years. So it's the same as reality compression, cycle in cycle in cycle in cycle. Mm -hmm. And they do them within um, like the 100-year cycle too. So, you, you know, like the, the Kennedy and the Lincoln assassinations, how, the, you know, there's so many of those correlations. And you're like, well, if anyone, did they, are they that crazy occultist that they got everything down to the perfect T of like, you know, the exact dates, how they died, where they got shot, the car they're driving in, like, or is there something else at play here, right? Is this, is this some kind of like simulated timelines that continually repeat? So they do the Jubilee too. So the Jubilee is half of the 100 year time cycle that repeats. And there's, a, there's whole books on this, how these 100-year time cycles um, repeat a lot, right? So within the 50, they do a, a jubilee or a, a reverse. So whatever happened in the previous cycle will then be flipped. Um, so this is what a, lo a lot of people are kind of thinking with, with the Paris Olympics now coming up, um, that it, there could be a repeat of what happened in Munich, particularly now with Israel and Palestine in um in the news again, if there was going to be some kind of, you know, incident like ha what happened in Munich in the seventies. But we've, um, so if you're looking now, what I was going to get to with the mirroring or the flip effect is, is that, you know, for what we can see within this larger cycle, that control of the planet has been dominated in the Northern hemisphere. And that, you know, it makes sense because most of the, most of the landmass is in the Northern hemisphere, but you know, not, not all of it. Um, but I almost saw this like the the Taylor Swift ritual. I don't know. I don't know if I'm looking into this too much, but she's done. You know, they've blown her up as this huge um, celebrity, and then immediately after that, as hey, she's come down to Australia. And I think what they're doing is they they flip the civilization control from the north to the south, right? And I think this is where like the whole Antarctic kind of thing could come into play. In what in what regards? So you, if you're um, if you collapse and then reset society, so you collapse the northern hemisphere and then you set up the new base of operations in the southern hemisphere. Okay. So there'll be and like can, a, yeah, there'll, that, there'll be really, like there'll really, be a New York City of uh, Antarctica that everyone's <laughs> going to flock to. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, like, who knows? Antarctic is all theory, isn't it? Like, no one fucking knows. No one yeah, knows. Man. There's so much we don't know. I mean, we've all read all that. We've all read all the stuff. We I mean, like, I, I got really into it being like ancient Atlantis years ago, but who knows, man? Yeah, I mean, we have to pick and choose our rabbit holes. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> Only so much we, bandwidth. Yeah, we do. And I, I think also this goes into the whole conversation around like, where is your energy best used? And where do these people that are involved in this global cult, whatever, that want to help move society, where they want you, where do they want you to take your energy? And like, you know, we talked earlier at the beginning of this episode, this whole idea of this truther community, the freedom community, which I agree with you. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just an individual trying to do the things that I'm interested in, live my life, you know, feel empowered, et cetera. So it's like do going down these rabbit holes, like if it's your business, if you have like a YouTube channel or a podcast, cool, I get it. But for so many people, like... Sure, it's nice to know and be curious and entertain yourself, but like, where are you really putting your life force energy and what are you building and what are you creating? Because that's what it's going to take to kind of uh, combat a lot of the stuff that we've been faced for much of human history if we're going to come to some new age or golden age, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, we have to take more ownership over our mental space and our energy and focus on self-knowledge and focus on creating and producing the things that we want to to create and produce in this world and not just waste our time with distraction after distraction after distraction. And I think more people are getting hip to that. And the people that I like hanging out with that are in this world that we're in are people that are more empowered, don't live in the doom and gloom, are optimistic and understand that there are solutions. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree anymore. And um, like the conference, um, myself, me and, oh, sorry, Madeline and myself have been running. That's it's pretty much been the theme of the whole thing, and I guess that's we we kind of created a bit of a closed community just for um, some level of sanity and to to get rid of all the bullshit away from the conversation, which has been like it's been so refreshing. Um, and you know we had we had amazing speakers on, and we and we kind of don't bring bring anyone on unless we have this value of um, of balance um, mm -hmm. and not. Um, I, I was like, I was talking before about the, like that, the projecting, projecting up and down too, yep. because, um, you know, like the, the, there's so many distortions and if one person, you know, if they don't believe one, you know, if there's one tiny bit they've got a problem with, they just tune out and it's like, you, yeah. you've missed everything. Yeah. You know I mean? And then like, like so I, I saw this so much when, um, you know, the, again, the COVID era era started. And everyone's like, oh, the whole, everything's Satanism, right? Everything. So I'm like, um, <laughs> people turned away from watching football or, you know, just doing it. Watching, day, watching my movies. Mates, yeah. My, my mates, they're going, oh, it's, uh, it's all bread and circus. I'm like, it's like, no, actually, once you know it's bread and circus, you actually transmute it and you can, you can just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I've, I probably have more, more friends that, don't engage in any of these conversations and I like I like having that balance of just being able to do mundane th you know things because I've had other people that are you know they get into the whole health field and then they're like alcohol's the devil um coffee's a devil which it kind of is but <laughs> and all that's these all other that's a whole other conversation we could get into yeah. <laughs> but you know it's um you know these such extremes and and you know I, I think that's what the I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on the whole 
um, carnival diet thing. But to me, it was it was just a counter a counterbalance to the distortion vegan. of the vegan agenda. Yeah. So this is what happens. So and that's the way the universe works with with light duality. That if you create such a counterbalance here, it's going to come up. And people are like, well, how did Andrew Tate come about? I'm like, well. They feminized men and made it so obvious that they were deliberately doing that, that then mm. the system provides the counter opposite of like, he's not a true masculine. He's a fucking, he's another distortion yep. that holds, holds some aspects of what it is to be masculine. And people will gravitate to that because it's a polar opposite of what they're saying is wrong. And, you know, like, I, again, like I, I speak about this all the time now with, um, with, um, you know, this huge push to, Christianity now too, because it's to me, it's it's a, just a complete counterbalance to them showing you this system, showing you open Satanism everywhere, and I'm, and no one can see that the distortion of them showing Satanism is is driving the polar opposite to the other side, right? And yeah, you're not sovereign on either side. Yeah, then 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 they lump in astrology and divination and tarot and the eaching and everything that is extraneous to that system in with Satanism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had I had an ex girlfriend. It was a a Christian, and um, I told her I got me astrological chart done, and she's like, well, "You can't do that. Satanism." And I'm like, "How the fuck? How the fuck's that Satanism?" And then I, I brought up I brought up numerology. She said, "That's Satanism." I'm like, "There's a book in the Bible called Numbers. Like, yeah. what are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. I'm but like, this, you can this- you can read the whole." You know, you can read the Bible entirely as astrotheology. That's right. You can, right. Read, it. You can right. read it entirely numerical. And I don't think it's either one of those things. It's those things because it's a layered book. Yeah. But it, it's, it's it's just dogma. Like, yeah. it's dogma in all types. It's, it, it's yeah. Like, it, it goes with me. I cut it off. That's it. Right. Yeah, it's extremism and, you know, a single minded focus. You know, I was in uh, Anarchapoco this past week with some friends of ours that we probably know and fellow speakers. And we were having this conversation like there's just an imbalance. There are people that are so single mindedly focused that they they can't even see the they're unconscious to the opposite, the other side, you know, and so they're, they're not standing between the two opposites and duality. You know, they don't have access to to both sides. They're completely, completely uh, their psyche has been hijacked by one side versus the other. And there's, there's no room for nuance. There's no room for discernment. And it's just, it's just an incomplete view. And then the, these are the people that get triggered the most. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, th- this one I've been talking about because I see this as it's like, th- that's an overlay of, of the natural energy because there, there must be natural dark and light. So I'm seeing it. This is like, it, it's like the false distortion. So it's still offering dark and light but you know another one that i keep saying tell me if you like i'm sure you've come across this i like i just want to be with my tribe or my people and then reject all the normies that this is another one right so yeah yeah yeah. they don't want to hear hear a complete rejection of all society i'm just going to stick to my little insular group of people that think how i think and i'm like you're a fucking idiot that's like that's the problem you know, hey man, I, I know I've been there at a, at a time, you know, especially like yeah, yeah, I was just in early where it, where it was just like, you know, fuck this, I just want to be with people that align with me. Now, the reality is there are people that align with me in certain ways, but won't in other ways. So it, I don't need to have all my friends be like, I gotta go down what happened in 9 11 and what's what's going on in COVID, you know, like cool. There, there are people that 
are on our that, that are on this so-called truth or conspiracy community. I wouldn't want to fucking spend a minute with, you know, but then there are people who don't know about this stuff, but are loving, good hearted, kind people, creative people that are living their life and doing their thing. So again, like it's because there's more balance. Those individuals actually have more balance. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, and I don't need to talk. I have different friends for different reasons. I don't need to, I don't need to have this conversation we're having with every person I meet on the street. Hi, my yeah, name is yeah. Ross. Did you know? Oh my God. <laughs> no. Like, Hey, how you doing? Oh, cool. Oh, wow. You like that kind of music? Oh, you like that food? Oh, wow. You have two kids. Oh, wow. You're interested in this, this subject. I'm interested in that subject too. Yeah. yeah. You know, what well, you know, what are we, um, I was having a chat to Tom Barnett recently. We were both, we we're talking about like, um, what we were like at high school and he, he was pretty much the same as me. Like I had, I had all these different groups of mates. Uh, um, I kind of, I could kind of fit in, could kind of fit in with all these different types of groups, and like yep. not one group would ever give me everything that I wanted. Yep. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. And I've kind of been like that my whole life. Like I have my football friends, and like we talk about football stuff, and go out and that, and then I had like we different like spiritual circles with my other friends, and then. And I found it really hard to intertwine and bring these people together. Like I felt like they could never be friends, but I could, I could jump mm -hmm. between mm -hmm. all these different other ones. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, I think it says a, a lot about a person that can, that can adapt because it's, you're still yourself, right? Like, um, I'm, I'm no less myself when I'm with someone that doesn't want to talk about this sort of stuff, right? It's just no. another part of myself. You don't, you don't yeah. need to be angelical with everyone. Like I, yeah. I just got, well, I spent two, two months in Thailand and, you know, we basically spoke about fitness and food and fucking traveling and shit, you know, the whole time. And it was not, it was just a nice refreshing to, to be in that sort of crowd. Yeah. You said earlier, the universe is within, you know, we yeah. have so many aspects of ourselves. And so depending on the situation, I think the more expanded, the more conscious, the more integrated person can pull on these different parts of themselves to engage, to interact, to have success in a given situation, in a given circumstance. Yeah. To me, it's a signpost of wholeness, you know, and having awakened and gained access to, you know, the, the more archetypes, you know, more constellations, yeah. so to speak, if, if we're talking about as above, so below, as within, so without. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's... um. You know, this is why I used to speak a lot about Trump too, because uh, people don't understand the whole Trump phenomenon unless, because if you really follow the hero's journey story too, you can see that what whatever Trump is, that he is he's a, um, a a created archetype or a manifested archetype of um, of what people, some people want to be. Right, he's playing out the hero, whether you believe he is or not, but the story of him. He's, he's playing at this hero. Um, and then people, as we do with the movies, you project yourself into what you, what you want to be, right? Without taking the step or the action yourself. And you see that through someone else. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, this is why I think that, you know, they, they do within religion too. Well, that, that's, that's energy harvesting in my opinion, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's done vicariously without you actually engaging will or action. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I, like I, I think worship is the is the ultimate energy harvest. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know if we can try to go down that track, but um, let's, let's go. Let's go there, bro. Expand. <laughs> All right. Where do we go? Yeah. So, like, this is kind of, I've, I found this hard to explain um, over time, but I'll, I'll give it a crack. But, you know, because I've seen, again, with so many going towards, um, you know, dogmatic religious beliefs and stuff too. And I mean, I've I just got to call it as it is, but like I've seen so many people turn to religion within the last few months, right? And it tends to be most of the the ones that are really hooked to the new age that then then fall over to organized religion. It's like, oh, well, you're imbalanced the whole time, right? So you're coming over to this this other energy. And if you look at um, what Satanists do, you know, they, they truly worship lucifer right they worship this dark this dark being although you know it is the light being mm-hmm. um so what are they doing so we you always, you always hear about in the conspiracy circles about the loosing of this energy and that it feeds off low low vibrational human emotion and 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 this is you know this is this whole feeding mechanism but you never hear about the light side because again if we're talking about duality too whatever whatever is expressed in the dark there must be Mm-hmm. A light distortion as well too. There's there's a, a good and a um you know there's an organic dark and light, but then the distortion on the light is worship, right? So the the worship and and the ultimate form of this too is I think is the one creator. Um, which, yeah, which is in everything, and you know they speak about all these different religions speak about the one the one creator of all. And for me, th- this was like this was a the crazy giveaway of, of what that that being and what that entity possibly is and what actually created that because Satanists will say that they um you know the Satanism is just a worship of the ego, right? It's a it's a collection of the ego that actually fit that feeds or creates Lucifer. So what's the ultimate ego um on the light side of worship? You have a being that wants nothing but you know solic- solicitation of worship and your total your, your total devotion your total devotion 24 hours a day total devotion and if you like if you take into account like if you if you think of what i said before that if you're if you're a walking universe if you're compressed and some total of everything you've been done and seen what is the the force of that of you saying that everything i've been done and seen is yours you are the creator of all of that I give all of that to you. And like, and I owe it all to you. I owe it all to you. Yeah. It, it's, it's to me it's, it's you are you are the re- you are the reason. <laughs> so that's like so if, if you look at that that God figure to me that is like that is the height of ego. Yeah man, I've, the, we, we we've discussed this before. To me it's the height of narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, and I I think it's just being able to differentiate that too is what's true creation and what is the false is relationship right if you if you are in an equal and loving and co-creating relationship with you know with this universe or whatever it is then why would you why would you solicit and why would you demand worship right off your equal no you, you you'd walk side by side mm-hmm. exactly so yeah, it brings up a lot of questions. Yeah, no masters above, no slaves below. Yeah, Dale, what's the meaning of life according to you? 
Um, adventure. Okay. Can you, can because, you yeah. yeah, well, well I, I think adventures, I think adventures are key because the other part of it is for me, for me, I feel it's to learn sovereignty, to know what sovereignty is, but you re- you already know it's just amnesia. Um, so again, if we go back to this God being or what a, a false God and within biblical um, dogma that I think the whole falsity of this, um, of this reality that we're in is, um, is the belief of sin, that we're born of sin and the original sin. And I think there is a component again within duality that there, there can be, there is a point of sin, but to have, um, to say you are born of sin. To say that your very right. existence is guilt-ridden yes. from the get-go. So this takes away all the adventure component, right? It means before you are even created, you've come in of sin. And, and the other part for me is that you're either eternal or you're a created being. You can't be both, right? So this being will say you were, you were created by God. But you can't, so you can't be eternal. You can't be infinite if you're created. Mm-hmm. You're either one or the other, right? Yeah, and and same right. goes for Earth, right? Same goes for the planet. If that if that that which can be created can be destroyed, does, how can you possibly believe that this planet can be taken away by someone with a snap of their fingers? Like that's that's a big stretch of the imagination, my friend. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, who created it? So so you take away this sin component. I th- I think the whole if you if you have a population that believes in original sin, then you must have a savior. And I think this is the the whole game is to see away from that that if you are not born of sin, you do not need to be saved. Right. Mm-hmm. And the moment you start to understand that you didn't come in of sin, you came in of of intent and. This is why I go back to the hero's journey again too, because the first step in the hero's journey is the call to adventure. So that's why I said why we're here mm. is that's the first step. Yeah. It's adventure. And it, it is to to be, do, and see it all. Yeah. To experience, yeah. to be, do, and experience it all. And and within this universal construct, which I, I believe is only one, because there's infinite life outside of this universal construct, um, Within this one, we we chose to experience separate separation. So I believe the point of this universal journey that we're in is to experience separation and then to um, and ultimately return. But it's it's that first step is adventure. Yeah, but like, like, we've we've lost that in our day to day life now too. Like yeah, but the, the flip side of that is like you can frame it as we're here to experience separation, or we're here to rediscover wholeness. Right, we're all on this journey yeah. to, to, to rediscover wholeness, to learn more of ourselves, to unlock to unlock wholeness once again, and not live in this imbalance, not live in this separation, not live in this black and white flipping between ideologies and dogmas or whatever it might be. We're here to experience, live it, know it all, integrate it. Yeah, yeah, but you know, separation is the adventure too. Yeah, it is. It is. It's leaving. It's leaving the ship. Right. It's leaving the home. It's leaving the nest. Going on a journey, like, and we're all we're all journeymen. We're all moving through time and space as creative beings, you know, on, on some kind of adventure. So, man, that makes sense to me. 
But Walking. see, this, this is why I think they put they put the mimic up of of what we're doing, what we're meant to be doing. Because, um, like, I use Trump as the example too, because he's playing the hero, and his path began. His call to adventure was when he went down the escalator. They always refer to this was the moment I decided to go down the escalator, and I'm, it just clicked to me one day. I'm like, of course, he had to go down the escalator. He, he couldn't go. He couldn't be an elevator. It couldn't be up the escalator. When's it had this? To go when? Down. Yeah. What's the what's the context of that? Because I've seen that around too, but I don't know much about it. So th- this was in 2015, where he Trump said, "I announced that I am running for president." Right. So that was, and but he he never refers to as the day I decided to run. He says the day I went down the escalator, and mm-hmm. it sat with me for years. And I'm like, why did they keep mentioning this escalator? And I'm like, one day I went, oh, that's it, because that. That's the beginning of his call to adventure. So they're showing you the archetype of the story, which is the descent. It's the descent because to go on the on the spiritual path is not to rise; it is to it is to go down. Yeah, and I think this is why Trump always does the the tip of the spear, too. Right? He always holds his hands like that because he's showing you that he's going into dissension. Now, I'm not I'm not saying Trump's good or bad. I'm saying they're placing this archetype with the subconscious programming into our psyche to tell us that he's going on he's going on this journey right? when you so when you say they play. in this context who are you referring to <laughs> yeah. there you go they, part two, three part well, four. you know what the, the more the more i look into like trump and how how well sorted and programmed the steps that he's taken and not just him but like so many other things like world, world events and and cycling times, it it truly to me looks like it's a it's a simulated blueprint. Yeah, but this is like what I struggle with because like so is is Trump even a conscious? You know how conscious is this person, or is he completely running off um, subliminal mind control programs to play out this play out this role of the yeah. hero? But like, and organic- I'm not saying he's the hero. By the way, I'm saying he's that he's the archetype. That, I get know. it. I get it. But like organic reality has simulative like qualities as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like when yeah. people say like simulation, like very often, like when I think, when I think about, you know, people like Jason Brashears talk about it, et cetera, it's like, but it's almost like we're just describing the qualities of nature, the qualities of this reality that we live within. But I think some people get the notion and I, you know, I don't know where, where you stand on it, that this is something that's separate. You know, it's something that we're trapped yeah. within. It's like a, a prison kind of system. But at the same time, like organic reality, like we know, has simulation-like qualities. Like there's no coincidences on this journey. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you differentiate the, the two? And like I said before, with the with the holographic nature, if um if what if we're what we're picking up in the hologram is that is that the simulation or the organic? Well, it's got to be both because one's one's mimicking and marrying the other anyway. So mm-hmm. again, it's, it says exactly what you said that if it's if the artificial is simulated, so must the organic be simulated, right? Yeah, and regardless of what's real or what's true or not, fucking go on an adventure. <laughs> you know what we, I mean? You know, like we're in the, we're in this like Pluto and Aquarius cycle now. Yeah. Um, like just to talk like repeating time cycles. So you had like you had the French Revolution that happened in the last one. 
And like, look what's kind of kicking off with France now. Then you had the American Revolution, and it's, you know, uh, this is the next 18 years. So, as if America's not going to go through a revolution in that time, you had the Industrial Revolution, and now they're speaking about the fourth Industrial Revolution. So, this is within the, what is it, 236 year cycle. It's clearly a repeating time pattern. And, it, and in that last Pluto and Aquarius, this is when supposedly Australia was colonized. And now we've had all these um, things come back up with the indigenous again, too. So, the more you look at history and these these repeating time cycles, you're like, it's just bizarre because we, we think we're living in the most pivotal, crazy time of all, and maybe we are, but how many times have we done it? Yeah. <laughs> but how many times have we done it with this tech? And, and, how, and how familiar is it? Like, I, I remember again in the code time, I, it wasn't as if I remembered something similar. I, I, I felt... Like I felt so intuitively I've been here before. And my lesson for me, it was like, I'm back here again because I didn't learn sovereignty. Huh. Yeah. So like when we talk about, so you, you believe there potentially exists like an inorganic simulation. Like, am, am I right or wrong on that? So yeah, when, when I was speaking before about this this false god that that yeah. solicits worship, so it solicits worship on the on the light side, and it looshes you know fear and all that on the on the dark side. So ultimately, you know, this if you go into like the Gnostic sort of study, like the Ouroboros and the Demiurge, and that it plays out long form time cycles where it shifts from dark, and then it goes over to light, and then it just keeps rocking back and forth. Yeah, and that. To me, that is what the simulation is. The simulation is yeah. the, counter, the counterfeit spirit to true creation and that you actually, we exist within both. Yeah. But like, what's, like what, what's, what's the genesis of the artificial? Like, is it alien? Like, what is it? We, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? This is yeah. like, you know, I mean, the, the Gnostics talk about, um, they talk about the void. Um, I know there's like there's other tribal cultures that speak about the void as well too. Um, I, I went out, I went out in Central Australia a few years ago, and one of the elders out there told me the story of the whale, and this actually this blew me away to, um, after looking at the Gnostics text too, and then they they speak about Sophia, then that it falls from this void. So they split the universe into two, and it's again it's like that mirroring effect. So they both, yeah, they're both the same. Um. And what this tribal elder told me, he said it was the story of the whale and they had this void and that the whale crashes past the void and hits this square object and out pop the sun, the earth and the moon. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was very, very similar, but he, what he was saying too is the whale represents the intuition and it represents the, the intuition with the mother, right? And obviously, the whale comes from the water. And again, this is the the lowest point in the hero's journey. Again, too, this is spoken of as the whale or the belly of the whale. And he said that when the whale, when this alignment happens in the stars, that this is when the whale sings. And he said, this is the awakening. This is what it is, is we are connecting our intuition and our heart to that energy that they refer to as the whale. Um you know, but and, and it keeps always going back to water too, because you know, like everything's even before the hologram, it's all based off waveform, right? So everything's just waveform 
information fields until we perceive it and then it becomes matter. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that like, it's weird when you, when you hear these like tribal stories that are being told just through oral history for thousands of years. Yeah. And then they mimic, they mimic these texts found in Egypt that are supposed to be 2000 years old. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's like necessary, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's intention, right? So even if we're in the simulation, we we're in it with intent. Yeah. Again, you and it's not even sin again that you chose you chose to come into it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, look, who knows? But to me, it's to, to know what sovereignty is, and yeah. this is why I see. This is how I see, like, with the Middle East kind of stuff playing out now too. That that, that they want to create this third world war. So they want to create mass destruction, and then they're going to offer a form of unity, and po- you know, possibly the whole false messiah, kind of, you know, the the messiah kind of thing. And you know that that you could see how that could play out with, especially with like biblical prophecy and stuff, and it's 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 all playing out with the yep. <laughs> with biblical prophecy. So how many people, if if you're this um, imposter god, right? Um, why wouldn't you play out this form of coming to unity and then offer a Messiah to keep people trapped in that? But then it's telling me again too that if if everything's a mimic, then the natural universe must also be coming to a point of unity. And that's kind of how I see it now too, that you're going to be offered, there's going to be an offering of like love and false love. And it's up to people to differentiate what the two is. And like I, I think the true love is within nature. Like the true intuition, the easiest way to connect, is just in nature because they're, yeah. they're going to play out all, all the all this external stuff is like it's all to to draw your attention and and your emotion towards stuff that's not really happening in front of you right whereas like the beautiful trees just sitting there wanting to be interact with but you're too distracted by other things yeah what a trippy fucking experience this is <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> yeah i think that's it that's the greatest mystery man you know, you you started with those questions, you know, who are we, why are we here, et cetera. And it's a constant mind fuck. Uh, and at the same time, it's so exciting just to be in a body and to be alive and to feel the things that I feel and to go on this adventure. Like, I love it, man. You know, I don't need to answer every fucking question. I'm okay. No, with, I'm, I'm okay with the not knowing and, and just, you know, experiencing life moment to moment and tuning inwards and being like, well, why am I here? What am I into? What do I like to do? Who do I like to spend my time with? And just keep doing that. Well, you know, like even even after all the all the bullshit jargon that I've just said, now like we, you, you just kind of because you, you go real deep in this stuff and then you just pull it all away, right? And it's yeah. like, well, what are the most simplest things? It's like, yeah, it's like connecting with connecting with people. We're, like clearly, this this you know global conspiracy, it's all about disconnecting people. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing it's doing, and I don't see that working because ultimately, this is what. Oh, we are. We 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 we're all co-creating. So we're just here to connect. It's the most. It's the most basic shit, right? Like be interested in other people. Like experience new things. Get out. You know. Get outside. Just be be happy that you're alive every day. Like, yeah, that's a miracle, yeah. man. However we got here. However we got here. That's the that's the coolest thing that we are here. That I, I know that I exist now. To what degree and why? Simulation, etc. Blah blah blah. I'm here, man. We're having this conversation. I'm looking at my screen. You're on the screen. Joel's on that screen. We're dialoguing. You know, it's cool. Yeah. And like, do do we have to know too? Like, is that no? 
why do why do we have to know? Like Max Egan used to always say, like, why do, we got to cut the tree down to look see how old it is. He's like, why can't you just look at the tree? Why can't you just mm-hmm. appreciate the tree? No, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna cut it down. We're gonna know everything. And like, I've I've been a, I've been a massive victim of that. I had like just an obsession. Where I wanted to know everything, and it's come to the point now where like I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. My my desire to know and keep going, like it's just different. I don't. I kind of want to like go cut my fruit tree and play with my dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your what what's your motivation for the podcast now? To you, like, what, 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 how much further do you, do you want to well, go? Over is is well, it just enjoyment of having these conversations and also a, a duty to share as well? Or, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, even when we started, you, know, you think about the title, Here for the Truth, man. We're here for it. It's not, we know the truth. And I know I've said that before, and Joel said that before. Like, we want to have these conversations. We want to connect. We want people who align with us, who 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 feel who feel drawn to our energies on this fucking adventure called life and go, hey, listen, I want to I want to hang out. I want to have these conversations. I want to listen to these guys talk. Um, we just want to have cool conversations because we don't know everything. I, I'm not, I don't know everything. Like, there's some of the stuff you talk about. I haven't gone down those exact rabbit holes, but it's cool to have this conversation. It's cool to be like, Hey, what are you into? And so we just keep doing that. But, and, and the the reason for this platform as well is like to be, to empower people, to dive into that inner truth, that inner world, that universe within, and to truly discover why are you here? Who are you? You know, what can you create and produce and bring into the world? How can you align with, with people that share your values as well? You know, like we're not doom and gloomers, you know, it's never been our MO to but scare people and to use fear to like, here, watch our podcast. We're going to scare you, but we have the answers. So keep listening and buy our products. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the root of most people's like issues or angst towards life is a lack of an appropriate creative outlet, you know? And for me, like this podcast is just a, a synthesized yeah. expression of our unique energy brought out in, in, into reality. And I think when we're not exerting our creative energy appropriately, then that's when we get distracted. That's when we get depressed. That's when we fall into self-sabotage. But when you know yourself truly as a creative being and you, and you transform those inner dreams into outward manifestations and you recognize the miracle of that, then you want to keep creating, you know, like, this is this is joy for me. Like this is this is the expression of my love as a being who knows himself, knows his power, and is happy to be in the world and 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 put that out. And the bonus is that this gets to impact people in a in a very powerful way. Um, so yeah. yeah, man, it's like it's both. It's within, without. Like this this is the this is the without, and I, I fucking love the without as well. You know. Yes. Yeah. And and how well, can no go you go. No, no. I was just gonna say like. Um... It's really, it's really good to be retrospective too. Like, cause like how much have you guys spoken about like when you first started to, to where you've come to now? And I don't know even like, I look back some of my old videos, like I can't even look at it. I'm like, and I'm hey, sure episode, I'm one, sure. episode one, it looks like it was fucking recorded on a camcorder in 1987. Like, it's yeah. Insane. And we look, we look like 10 years younger. The angles of the cameras are weird. We're a couple of young bucks, you know, that like, like it's, it was really funny, you know, it's sweet too, to look back on that, you know, and just to show you like the creative journey that you have to begin, you know, you have to begin and you have to yeah. keep tweaking and have imperfect action and, and keep, stay on that Siddhartha road of discovery. Yeah, man. Like us, us hitting record on episode one was Trump going down the escalator, you know, like that's the whole <laughs> <to> adventure. 
Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, do, do you know, for me, it was a real, it was a real fear barrier, and like I, I just, I made a video out of just absolute necessity. I felt like I've just got to get this off my chest. Yeah, and so I never, I never posted it anywhere. Like my first ten videos, I never once posted them to let anyone know. I was just like, I was just putting them out there, and then one of them like blew up, and I don't, I don't even know how people found it, and um, and then I went into panic mode. I'm like, oh shit. Cause I was still teaching and I'm like, oh fuck, my employer's going to see this. Oh fuck, I'm out. Mm. I've been ousted. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I found that like a nice, it was a nice little fear barrier to overcome. It's actually helped me, um, w- without speaking about, um, other people like, um, having a, having a duty to, to the truth and being able to speak, speak my truth. But it's helped me a lot to, um, yeah, I, I just strip fear barriers of one, one of the biggest ones that people have that, you know, is the fear of what other people think mm-hmm. and how, mu- how much that's, it controls us, right? And, and how much it's controlled. I, I didn't realize how much it controlled me yeah. my whole life. And then I'm like, fuck, I really, I care so much what other people think. Yeah. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say it's completely removed, but it, like it's been. Yeah, there has to be the balance. Right. There has to be the balance. Again, obviously, I care what people think to some degree, you know, like in a way that's rational. You you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm not going to just go and just like punch a baby in the face. You know what I mean? Like, like, obviously, I'm just saying like. Well, no, it's the the vanity. Yeah. yeah, The vanity vanity side or like the the side of wanting to be popular or, you know, that shit that comes from from childhood. But ultimately, uh uh the, the, the people that that I care about, um, yeah, uh, being liked by or uh, being a good person to is like, is my family and friends and everyone else is like, well, I don't really care what, you know, if you have a desire to be popular, well, fuck. Yeah. That, 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 the, whatever that popularity, it should be, a, a the, the side, the side effect of you living your truth and doing the things that excite you. The, 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 the uh, desire, the di- desire should be to be real. Right. Yeah. And if you can be open and real, you know, and it means you're not hiding from yourself. It means you're not hiding from the world. It means like, you know, there's, there's power in that. There's, there's immense power in that, in, in the person who is, who is able to, I guess, share authentically and really yeah. not give a fuck what's projected upon them as a result. And also, how do you how do you draw in the people, like community, and 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 people that are meant for you? If you're if you're just hiding in the shadows, and if you're just worried about what people think, and you're not speaking your mind. I mean, again, Joel and I met. We met online less than three years ago. We're coming up. We're coming up to that three year date where I looked on Instagram at that request section, and I saw a message come through, and Joel sent me a message, and I was like, "Who's this dude? Oh, he's, he seems cool as fuck." And wow, let's have a little dialogue. Three years later, and because we answered that call for each one of us and we happened to come together and be aligned, like what's happened in the last three years, the relationships that have been built, the communities that have been built, the friendships that have been built, like like I don't like anyone who disowned me or thought I was some crazy person. You think I'd give a fuck? Like I have the most incredible people in my life right now. And that's what happens when you when you go on the hero's journey. It's not always easy, but when you answer your that call and you live your truth and you know who you are and you speak it out and you live it in existence, like you just you attract the the, the right people, the right situations, the right opportunities. Yeah, that's 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 true reality creation. 
in, in my opinion, you know, like the, the, yeah, throat, the, the throat is a sensor of creation, you know, like this is, this is how we move through the jungle of life. This is how we signal who we are, what we stand for, what we value. This is how we deter, you know, pests and predators and those that we don't want in our energy field. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is amazing, isn't it? Oh, it's it's made me think too, yeah, because I mean, like people, like I remember watching Max Egan like 15 years ago, more, and then like I, I went and saw this lady, and she goes, "Oh, you're gonna, I, I see you go around his house in a few months." I said, "Oh, shit, how the how's that gonna happen?" And like three months later, I'm chilling in his shed. I'm like, "Yeah, it's just a," I'm like, "I created this. How did how did this happen?" Um, and I like this yeah, has happened over and over again. In so and many like, instances. Of that. Yeah. The, so the conference, I mean, the conference I've been running with Madeline, we've been doing for the last year, and um, well, the same thing. We just kind of met online a few years ago, and now I've connected with all her people, and she's connected with my people, and it's yeah, it's it's this whole. You can see, you know, even if we are all these little universal nodes just bobbing around here, you can see like something happened in like that 2020 period, right? And it was just a huge breaking up. People have um, um, transversed the globe. People, are, there's there's huge movements still taking place. Yeah, um, dude. I, I, don't know, I don't know how much this is like energetically or what's going on, but uh, I'm still seeing it. People are moving. Um, relationships and friendships are constantly changing, but, you know, it's and it's been a horrible time for some people, but for me, it's been, it's been absolute bliss. Yeah. Because... I ne- I never would have thought that I'd I'd meet these incredible people, and and it all came from what we said before was ju- just the ability to speak and be myself. It's like probably for the first time in my life that I really like publicly, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm going to be myself, and yeah. it's been nothing but rewards. Yeah, I mean the meaning of apocalypse is to reveal, right? And I'm yeah. Well, what was revealed was a very opportune crossroads for, for many people, and for those who decided to live their truth walk their path authentically they've been reaping the fruits since 2020 of everything that comes with that you know but for those you know who continue to walk an inauthentic path like I'm, i've got no doubt it's been a tough time yeah absolutely yeah yeah dale man uh, absolutely loved having you on my friend i'm so glad we got to connect in real time and and have this conversation can you just let our audience know like a bit more about how they can get in contact with, you know, the content that you create, what you offer, et cetera? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I've just mentioned before that we, uh, I've been running Sky Earth Conference with Madeline Doherty. Uh, we just finished up our second round. Uh, we'll, I think we'll probably be going again in April or May. Cool. So um, you can go to skytoearthacademy.com. Um and besides that, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Telegram. It's just Dale H. I um, don't you know what the rest of it is, like T.me or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dale H. And um, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, I've, oh, sorry, Rumble as well. Rumble's just Dale Holmes, bit shooting all the rest of it. Um, I haven't been that active doing videos and that for a while because I've, I've been in Thailand just worrying about getting fit and having a good time pretty much but yeah um hopefully do hopefully do a lot more might be even cool to get you guys on um next conference we we run yeah bro we'd we'd love to for sure man i saw you had uh you had david whitehead on too because we yeah we had he he came and presented 
Uh, not not the last one. The first one we did, he came present. He was he was awesome. He's a legend, man. I mean, we've had, he's been on our on our platform five times. Be six yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah six he's not tomorrow. He's not against rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you'd appreciate it. we did a we did our, our first iteration of something called the round table where we bring you know minds together yeah. to have conversations. Sometimes there's a debate. Sometimes it's just and and we did our first one was with um, David uh, Whitehead and um, Gavin Nascimento. And we just talked about being a truth warrior because that's their, both their monikers. But we got into Trump a little bit, which I think you might enjoy, you know, and kind of shared two sides of the of the debate, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah. yeah, but yeah, man. But yeah, but, I mean, his, Dave, David's great. Excuse, I mean, he's got he's got so much great information and research, but he's he's yeah. just a great guy too. He's oh, he's really amazing, he's really amazing nice dude, got really yeah, really nice energy. Love that dude. Oh, salt of the earth guy and like just such a broad range of deep information. You know, it's like so diverse the things that he can, he can rattle on. Like, you know, when I think about, you know, fucking I'm project projecting upwards, like top of the totem pole, like, man, David's fucking right there for sure. <laughs> you just got to, you got to meet, have you met him in the flesh yet? And then, you know, he's just another bear bum in the shower and then you'll stop projecting. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, dude, just quickly, man, is there like a final sentiment you kind of want to leave those listening with before we hit end on this? Oh, what should I say? Look, I've been a bit word scrambled all morning. I'm, I'm running off zero slate. Um, I think, yeah, yeah but just, just the theme, what I said before is intuition. When, when the head's starting to get in the way of something you really want to do, you feel it and you know it to your core then just act on that. I think that if ever, that more people start doing that because we're, we're so concerned about externally changing the world and, you know, the more that you can just break simple patterns and, and walk a new path by following your intuition and let the, let the head and the intellect merge with the intuition instead of just being led by one. I think that's the main giveaway. Love a man. Dude, thanks so much once again and everyone else, thank you for listening. Take care. Nice. Cheers. You'll punch a baby in the face. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I was just trying to highlight. We're that, projecting like, violence against babies. On this no, podcast. I was trying to highlight this idea, like because like I didn't know where he was coming from until he, he he um he communicated afterwards. But often, you know, people go, "I don't give a fuck what people think, and I don't want to care what people think." And it's like, well, there's a balance there. Yeah, obviously, like we're social beings. You're not just gonna like go around like beating people up. So the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, you're gonna like obviously you're gonna care what people think. You're not gonna just go punch a baby. So many analogies yeah. you could have pulled from. I'm just not just gonna run naked down the street. I'm not just gonna listen. Answer. I like to you know be something that's really like blunt. Like, oh yeah, obviously <laughs> don't do that. You know, like that you should care what people think. Yeah. I don't know, bro. Like I I'm impulsive. If the things come to me, I say it sometimes. <laughs> right? Joel's trying to everyone. Joel's trying to censor me right now. He's not here for the truth. He's here for the censorship. That's not true. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just questioning. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but I, I almost started laughing because I'm looking over at you and you're like smiling and laughing and I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. I was like, well, I was like, that's definitely something that someone without children would say. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you, even picked a, you even picked a baby over dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, shit. Like, I mean, I do have a dog, so that could be why. You could play be right. Right. That was another another great conversation, man. Another thought-provoking, 
insightful dialogue. Um, I love I love the laid back, down to earth nature of Dale. I love getting Aussies on this podcast and getting to rap. You know, and Bray's just sitting in his caravan. You know, doing, know. His, doing an overnighter. Um, yeah, he's like, I, I drove sixteen hours and I didn't sleep. And let's have a chat, boys. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was cool, man. I mean, again, like just respect I, people that explore these subjects and, and and question the status quo and and stay curious. Yeah. And what I love is those who can make the simulation argument and have the simulation conversation from an empowered perspective and from an empowered point of view and with the recognition that you are this incredibly powerful human being that ultimately is a like you mentioned which I agree with is a compression of everything that exists of of the entire universe of all the archetypes and all the expressions and all the qualities and all the traits, um, you know, and how do you become the conscious director of that ship? How do you gain access to that and utilize that immense power appropriately? And I think that's what we're all here to learn. And that's what we're all in this journey together for. So yeah, guys, thank you once again for listening. Um, Rise above the herd round nine doors are officially open. Um, spots are already filling up. And again, this is limited to 15 to 20 spots per cohort. We like to run an intimate container here because our people get deep, vulnerable, you know, and have awesome breakthroughs. Um, I think you guys know what that's about by now, but this is our eight-week transformational group coaching program for truth seekers to go live their dopest life. Ultimately, that's what that's what we're interested in offering. So riseaboveTheHerd.co, link in the show notes. We'd love to see you in our container and get deep. Take care. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward and never lose.